I love a good story about how we all find our teams. Or is it them that finds us? Waleed Ali's love for the Tigers was decided for him by the mystical Mandy. Where is the right place for two pacifists to meet for a verbal pugilistic bout? Don't mind me, I'm just loosening up the old linguistics to match today's contender. Waleed, thank yeah. you for joining me in what could only be described as a very sort of hip, <laughs> schmick little warehouse. Yeah, it is. Would you like a cup of tea? I would like a cup of tea. And now whilst I'm uh, pouring that, yeah. I, just, I, just want, I just want to acknowledge that we were going to meet in a, um, in a boxing ring. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. On second thought, it, it did seem that that could be kind of misconstrued a little bit because we're, you know, we're, we're... Well, we're still getting to know each other. And... Right. But I like that your options were boxing ring <laughs> or inner city art gallery. Well, what were the other... I mean... Well, I don't know, but that's like your A and your Z right there, isn't <laughs> it? Uh, well, I, I'm kind of like. working on this theory that we are... There is some similarities between us. Yeah. So we're both, both keen cricketers. We'd both probably rather be musicians. <laughs> yeah. We were both snubbed at this year's Logies. Yeah. It hurt, didn't it? Yeah, it was, yeah, it's still fresh. The bruises are still fresh. <laughs> but we, were, we both grew up as Tiger fans. Yeah. What was it like growing up as a Tiger supporter? Because they were, they were the lean years. Yeah, I grew up in the really lean years. Grand finals were things that only happened to other people in my life. That, yeah. You know, and grand final week just never involved. I, was, I loved grand, it's my favourite day of the year. Yeah. I love it but I never imagined it as something that involved my team. So in 2017, we made the grand final. I remember before the game looking around and seeing all the grand final paraphernalia and there's Richmond stuff. And it's like, no, there's been some mistake. This is not what Didn't feel you grand final day. touching it to see if it's actually... Yeah. Apart from the expansion teams, I think they're the only club I'd not seen in a grand final. Right. We'd never made it. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. We'd never even gone into a prelim with a chance of winning it. So yeah. that, I remember that day they ran out and the banner goes up. I was like, what is our banner doing on this day? But growing up, being a Richmond fan was... Um, I, th I think the word is character building. <laughs> <laughs> what was worse for you? Was it the, the drubbing on the Saturday yeah. or the Monday morning at school? Well, the Monday morning at school faded pretty quickly just because it was so routine. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, expectation, I think, has a lot to do with yep. how you perceive an outcome, which is why a team can lose a prelim final and it's a triumph. You'd be, yeah. And another team can lose that same game yep. and it's a tragedy, right? You'd become conditioned. You'd built yeah. some armour for Mondays, had you? Yeah, well, people just didn't bother. Yeah. Because after a while, like, well, there's no fun in teasing the Richmond supporter. Yeah. <laughs> but when we won... Yeah, right. Oh... Imagine being beaten by us. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? One of the things I ask everyone on this show, or just about everyone, is who their, who their hero was growing up and, or, you know, more yeah. specifically, who their football hero is. Now, I know yours is... I know yours to be yeah. Michael Disco Roach. Yes. Would you like to know why he's Disco? So, <laughs> see, this is... So you know the answer, I assume. <laughs> yeah. OK, so this is a big moment because... You, you know how finding out these things can ruin them forever? Yeah. 
So, as far as I know, and I have what I think is a pretty rock-solid source. Okay, all right. So, early on in, in uh, Disco's, uh, well, he was just Michael Roach then, yeah. and his time at Richmond, yeah. he, was, he was out drunk. Right. He'd been drinking. But he was, he was seen singing yeah. a hit at the time yeah. that was a song called Disco Duck. Oh, yes. Are you happy with that? Is that...? Yeah, I think I am happy with that. It had to be something embarrassing. Yeah. I think. I don't remember the song, but my impression of it is it's a uniquely terrible song. I, I like the idea that he didn't know he'd been singing the song and then rolled into training <laughs> and why are you calling me disco? <laughs> You're disco duck. Huh. How did you become a Tiger supporter? Was... Oh, so it's, that's my brother's fault. And um, it actually comes down to him being a lovesick six-year-old. Right. In his street, there was a girl called Mandy who was... Um, Mandy. Yeah. yeah. Classic six-year-old sort of yeah. crush name. Exactly. Because <laughs> Mandy was always that cooler, older girl. Mandy, yeah. Yeah. And she was a diehard Richmond supporter. Yeah. And my brother used to barrack for Peter McKenna. Yeah, so she said, who do you barrack for? And he said, Peter McKenna. She said, well, you can't... <laughs> You can't, you barrack for Collingwood. He said, no, no, I don't barrack, I barrack for Peter McKinnon. Well, you can't do that. You've got to barrack for a team. And this was 74, I think. Richmond had yep. just won back-to-back -back flags. Right. And so Manny had a good argument, yep. uh, as well as, you know, a is mystic any, level of is authority. There, is there nothing Mandy can't do at no, this point? No, Mandy sorted everything. <laughs> so she just said, well, you should barrack for Richmond because they're the best team. They've won two flags in a row. Yep. He's like, OK. And so he, his fate was sealed there. And I was born ten years after him, so my fate was sealed. So I, I actually, I literally don't remember a day not being a Richmond supporter. I've got no memory of that. Just my whole life. So fa fast forward into the really tortured years. Who was more tortured? Your brother, who had experienced success, yeah, and then had been bullied into the Tigers by the gorgeous Mandy, yeah. Or, yeah, yeah. or yourself, who had never known, never known anything except the except torture, being beaten down. So I've always held the view that I was more tortured because I had nothing to hold on to. I'd always thought that, but then we won the flag. And then I experienced the anxiety of 2018, where we're clearly the best team, but just this nagging feeling that we're not going to win it's, it. It was going too well. Something's Things yeah. are going too well. And I thought, it'd be unbearable if we didn't win the Premiership this year. And that's a thought that has never, ever popped into my head. So my thoughts are that the word culture in football is just thrown around like confetti too, too easily. Yeah. Side has a bad year, bad culture. Yeah. Side wins the premiership, good culture. Yeah. Do we need... Is there a gap in language of there's folklore... Yeah. ..there's culture and then there's the custodians of the jumper or form? Right, so, so all right. The test cases for this, I think, are the, the Bulldogs Premiership and the Richmond Premiership back-to-back, -back, yeah. right? So the Bulldogs win in 2016. They mm -hmm. do something that the Bulldogs are just not meant to do. No. Not because they were finished seventh or whatever, but because they're the Bulldogs. Can I give you my theory on this? Yes. So my theory on the Bulldogs Premiership is Hawthorne are mountain climbers 
So yeah. they look at the mountain ranges, they go after the peak, they win, they win, they put the flag in the peak and they look for the next yes. the next mountain. So yeah. they go marching off to the, okay, next next one. Mm -hmm. For the Bulldogs, there's the one premiership in this tattered old video, yeah. 1954 and mythology and stories of the town hall and all of that. But it's it's a long, long time ago. Yeah. So the premiership for the Bulldogs is like landing on the moon. Yeah. So the Bulldogs are astronauts, not mountain climbers. Yeah. So when the Bulldogs win the premiership, they're on the moon, it's that, it's a crisis of identity. Yeah. It's not a premiership hangover. It's not, whey! It's not champagne <laughs> and party poppers and yeah. It's, who are we? Yep. Who are we now? Yes. Right. So this perfectly explains what I'm trying to say because I think for the Bulldogs, they win this premiership and all their supporters, and this can't help but seep into the club, right? Yeah. All the supporters are, I never thought this day would ever come, now I can die happy. <laughs> and, and the Bulldogs' performances since show that everybody is in the process of dying happy. Richmond win the Premiership, and I go through what you're talking about, that identity. Like, yep. my whole identity was getting whacked yep. consistently. The armour of Monday mornings. Yes, until we were okay, and then we'd finish ninth in tragic circumstances, right? <laughs> like, so it was always tragic comedy. That yep. was Richmond, yep. right? And then suddenly we're good. Yep. And I don't even really believe we're good until suddenly someone's holding up a cup. And it's like, yep. oh my God, how... Like, you talk about climbing the mountain. I didn't feel like we climbed the mountain. I feel like we just hitched a ride in a helicopter and someone just plonked us yeah. <laughs> on the top of the... <laughs> you didn't even, you like, didn't even did put your happen? hiking boots on. No, I wasn't even aware that we were, like, making an assault on the peak. I, yeah. When did this happen, right? And suddenly we're there. Because I imagine making a grand final was, like, the biggest, most arduous climb, and we just sort of did it. Yeah. Right. And so it was strange. But then once we did it, I had that identity crisis moment. It's like, well, who am I if I don't barrack for a crap team? Like, that was part yeah. of... Like, I always had this theory that people that barrack for terrible teams have better character <laughs> because <laughs> they've been forged in the fire. Yeah. But then what happened with Richmond fans, I know this was definitely true of me, was because of things that happened before I was born, Unlike the Bulldogs, we weren't in the process of dying happy. I was like, okay, we've got catching up to do now. Because uh, we right. belong yeah. here. So Richmond land on the moon, yeah. but there's already 10 yeah. or 11 flags in there. Yes. So you're Apollo 12, yeah. we're Apollo 2. Yeah, that's right. I go to the footy with a confidence now. That's strange. It actually feels... Mm, confidence eerie. going to the game. Yeah, which I never... <sighs> That's a perverse thought. I never had. Wow. But, but it's extremely fragile. Yeah. We lose a couple badly and it's like, oh, well, that's it. Oh, uh, well, here we go. We had the... Yeah. There goes the window. Yeah, yeah. The window's shut. And I wonder if it'd be the same for Melbourne. Mm. Because Melbourne have that thing where they were the club yeah. and then they haven't been for half a century. They may be the tragicomedy. They might be, yeah. So is that the phrase you use? Tragicomedy. Tragicomedy. Yeah. yeah. Which is, I think it's the perfect word, right? Because yeah. tragic comedy is this idea that what is tragic is also funny. I now and watch that's... Melbourne the same way I used to watch the Tigers. You're right. of, the Tigers were always entertaining. Yeah. If they win, the sleeping giant wakes up and the yeah, roar yeah. is yeah. over and above what it probably should be. Yeah. And, if it, and if it's a loss, it's usually a, it's either a two-point loss or a... 80-point loss, and that's kind of entertaining way, as kind well. Of, yeah. I, yeah. I want to do a bit of sort of wordplay, nameplay with you and okay. see if you sort of catch where I'm going with this and All you right. can sort of take the story where it needs to go. Right, right, sure. But the Tigers had President Leon Daphne. Yes. 
A player in the 90s and early 2000s was Mark Chaffee. Then we yes. had Nick Daffy. Daffy. But yeah. there was also Laffy. Yes. So <laughs> this was the time when watching the footy was a really hard thing to do. You, you had to go, which I yeah. couldn't do because I was like six. Yeah. Um, so you just, it was all about the radio. And so Saturday afternoon was all about me sitting down, listening to the radio, sometimes with my brother, sometimes not. And on this particular day, it was with my brother. And I can't remember who we were playing, but it was a period of play that went for about, I don't know, 90 seconds, two minutes. And in that block, I reckon three times, <laughs> the commentator said, Laffy falls over and the ball runs out of bounds. <laughs> and I was like, that is Richmond. Like, that is supporting Richmond in the late 80s, um, even early 90s. And it just happened, like, with absurd concentration, like it just so regularly in that short period of time, that it became a shorthand between me and my brother. <laughs> so yeah. whenever there's a passage of play that's terrible, that involves Richmond, Laffy falls over and the ball runs out of bounds. Yeah, it's, it's got just a nice the, rhythm of it language does. too. It does, it is rhythmic. Yeah. Laffy falls over yeah. and the ball runs out of bounds. I love the way you can break things down, and this is not this is not a particularly topical uh, show. We don't sort of deal mm. in the current issues very much, but yeah. I would love to hear your thoughts. So the game's in the balance. Yeah. The siren's gone. Dane Rampey decides to climb up the post, <laughs> and yeah. the football world erupts yeah. into this argument. What was your view of that? How does your, how does your thinking attack I, that? I loved it. <laughs> Wasn't it brilliant? I loved everything about it. Yeah, I loved glad, that he did it. This. I love that no one knows why mm. still. Including In, Dame. Probably including I, yeah. him. And I loved that the free kick wasn't paid. Yeah. And I loved that in the end the AFL said it shouldn't have been. And I think I'm almost entirely alone, particularly in that last few. The only thing I didn't love about it was the certainty with which so many people thought that this was a disgrace, that yeah. it was definitely a free kick. It's black and white. Yes. And that even if it's OK the umpire didn't pay it in that case because he was a bit taken aback by it or whatever, next time it has to be paid the next time. Yeah. I, I, I'm not of that school yeah. at all. I, I was perfectly comfortable with the way all that played out. But then when all this stuff started... Um, this debate kicked off about, well, but it is a free kick and you have to pay it because it's there and it's not about, you know, There's deciding no whether or not it affected yeah. play or whatever. Yeah. I, that's where I got a bit frustrated because I was like, well, be very careful what you wish for. Because if instead of him climbing a post... <laughs> can't believe we're having this conversation. Instead of him climbing a post, he just grabbed a player's jumper. That is technically holding the man. But no one will pay that. No. And no one will want to see that paid. Technically yeah. there, black and white, mm. but it would never be paid. And we have this Jekyll and Hyde thing, right? So what will happen is if umpires seriously took to heart the conversation that we were having yeah. and then started umpiring what is in front of them. Have the, have the interpretation there. And, yeah, and yeah. go, it, sorry, that was a free kick, I have to pay it. Yeah. We will... The game would take seven hours. squeal. About yeah. how, and the reason I can say this with confidence is that that's exactly what happened in the NRL last year. Yeah. 
they started saying, we're going to really crack down. If, if yeah. you're offside, if you're not 10 metres back, we're calling it. If the play the ball, the play the ball's not neat, we're calling it. And they did it, and it was just months of they're ruining the game. And, like, I don't know, there's something funny I find about particularly the footy media, and you could say the footy public, but I think it's actually mostly the footy media, <laughs> that um, seems to have, like, to arrogate to itself the right to be trenchantly like viscerally angry about something <laughs> when if it was done the other way, they would be equally, equally angry. Yeah. The point is we've got to be angry about yes. something. Yeah. We've become less comfortable as a footy public, I think, with the fact that mistakes happen in big moments and umpiring mistakes happen and they become actually folkloric yeah. in the sport. And some of them I don't even think are mistakes, but they become... So, so the question I pose is, Standing way back, not looking at the individual game or the moment or whatever, but just zooming way out. Is footy better for having that moment when Wayne Harms knocks the ball yep. back into play for a goal to sink Collingwood in that grand final? Is it better for having that moment and all the arguments about it or not having it? And I think it's unquestionably better for having... I think that ball was in, by the way. <laughs> OK, easy for me to say because I'm not a Collingwood fan who lost the grand final yeah, yeah. and it happened a long time ago and all that sort of thing. But we could end up with a game that is robotically regulated yep. and isn't worth talking about. Crowds have been a hot topic this yeah. year. I need you to break something down for me. I've sort of grappled with this for a little while. So I remember as a, as a kid, mm. and I acknowledge that this could just be rose-coloured glasses and I've filtered all the other stuff out, yep, but I yep. remember sitting in the crowd with, with my family, brother, mum and dad, sister, the people who would get up to yell something out at the players were generally trying to entertain yeah, the yeah, people, yeah. The, the immediate sort of crowd around yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. Yelling out was a performance. Mm. It wasn't an expulsion. Mm. Like, and, it's and like you, amateur theatre. Yeah, yeah. And there were some really good amateur mm. thespians. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, they, but... Has that gone out of our game, do you think? OK, so I don't know. So I, I have the same problem as you. Is that just that we're older? Yeah. And so we can actually hear the darkness that we didn't really <laughs> key into before. Is it that the stuff that's being yelled out was never really that funny, but because we were kids, we thought like, it was? Or sort of being allowed into the, <laughs> yeah. the adult world. Or is it genuinely a function of our ticketing arrangements? Can you ever sit amongst the reserve seat members of any club and walk out of a game not thinking you were screwed by the umpire? <laughs> I, I doubt it. So there's something about our seating arrangements that mean you don't get that mix. So I reckon when we were kids and we went to the footy, around you would be some of those people who are now in those reserve seats and some of the people who were just tourists for the day, and some of the people for whom footy was fun and exciting, but only when it was happening and they just move on beyond yep. that. So there were people who were able to have fun with it, mm. right next to the people who were adding the intensity. And I reckon you got out of that mix came humour. Yeah. Whereas now I think that's harder because you're either sitting with people who don't care that much or people who care way, way too much. much. Yeah. 
So, because what we do is we take results and then we retrofit explanations yeah. to... Oh, their body language when they went out for the warm-up oh, just yeah, wasn't... That... See, that was the... Right. Especially particularly towards the end when I became captain. I, I gave up with the trying to read the group yeah. because it was... There were just too many anomalies of... I'd be like, oh, God, this is... These guys are not with it today. So can and you... then I'd come out and just... Well, so can you call it now? Can you, can you just say that's all bollocks? Um... It's not all bollocks, but I think what gets missed is the mood of the of how the group will play is probably from two days ago, how they were on the Thursday, not so much how they are 20 minutes before the game. When you say how they are, though, what do you mean? Like, is it how you're training? That. Training, but also just... Vibe. Vibe. Cause, yeah, because, uh, this is from another sport, but I remember hearing about Cronulla when they won the Premiership in the NRL in 2016 against the Storm. The club that had never won a premiership before. Huge moment. And only after they won the premiership did it come out that their training session during the week, the captain's run or whatever it was they were doing, was the worst training session that they'd ever had. Mm. It was just awful. Every ball was dropped. It was a disaster. Yeah. But see, the, I, even, you know how they do the last, the, set, the goal kicking before the, in the yeah, warm-up? Yeah, yeah. If you kick every goal, that was not a good feeling. Yeah, right. So, okay. Oh, okay. So this is a big uh, Gotta miss a few cleavage in the psychology of sport, right? I had this when I was playing cricket, right? I think there were two kinds of people. There are those people who are, if I'm hitting them well, I'm hitting them well. That's it. Yeah. And then there was my kind hitting that was well. like, I have a finite amount of runs in my life. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to use them all up. Yeah. And so I. I go through this now when I'm... Like, if we're really beating up on a team, there's an element of me that's going, yes, percentage, but there's another element of me that's going, I would rather transplant five of these goals... Yeah, that's right, yeah. To, so which one... Oh, uh, no, I was definitely the... I know I, I know I kick some and I know I miss some. Right. So if I'm kicking them all now... Now, you'll miss them later. Yep. I still hold on to this thought of don't kick it too well in the warm-up. <laughs> right. So have a shank a couple just to sort of... Sharpen that focus. Right. This is the neuroses of... I mean, I, 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 the amount of energy I wasted on are my boots too tight or not tight enough <laughs> is you could, fill, you could fill this room on the neuroses of that. There's always this tension, right, between the things that make you win games and the things that make the game exciting and fun to watch. Yeah. And that's what we're always battling. But I actually think that tension is a bit of a false one, right, because if you got your way and there were never any such thing as taggers and no-one defended well and all that yeah. sort of thing, it actually becomes a boring game. Yeah, I, this is this thing of yeah. the game needs to be high-scoring to be a good game. It's like, no, no. I don't think so. No. I just want those one-on-ones where deep, where you're like, what's going to happen here? Yeah. That's the best bit. I want Rance versus Dugowie and what's going to happen here, that tension of yeah. this is a big moment, where you, yeah. know, where you get the anticipation exactly. of this is a big moment, yeah. not... It was in hindsight. You know, you feel it as it's about to happen. And go. Phew. Yes. So the analogy the analogy for me is with Test cricket. There's nothing better than when Test cricket reaches that moment where it's like, where's he going to bowl this? Yeah. And what's the batsman's response going to be? Yeah. And that has nothing to do with how many runs have been scored in the day. Yeah. In fact, it's usually the opposite. As we've touched on, I was a a mad Richmond sport. I did work experience at Richmond in 1998. <laughs> That's how, you know, I helped kick balls back at training. I was a fanatic. Yeah. And then 
My fourth game of league footy, I think, fourth game around that, is against the Tigers at oh, the MCG. Yeah. And so I think this would be, this will be weird. Yeah. And Tony Liberatore smashes Matthew Knights' nose all over him. So there's this massive <laughs> brawl and this intense rivalry begins between the Tigers and the Bulldogs. I was the Richmond mascot <laughs> on that day. No! No, you weren't. I was. I saw a woofer <laughs> beckoning me like this, just through the mouth of the head. <laughs> yeah. I don't oh, know if you remember Woofer at that, but he... My kids are still terrified of yeah. Woofer. They love him, but yeah, they're scared, they're scared. Of him. But that was the scariest looking Woofer I think we've ever seen. And he was doing this. And so I end up wrestling him <laughs> at the MCG in front of 40,000 people. And then I, I pull, I reach to flip him or something and the crowd roars and I don't know why. And I stand up and I put my head back on straight and I look through the mouth and I, I've ripped his head off. <gasps> and well, I've just ruined uh, these kids. So this explains why Libba did what he did to I Matthew I set the Knights. tone. You set the tone and retribution needed to be made. So do you remember the return match when... Uh, Is this one that goes right down to the wire and, and Nathan Brown gets his head ripped Burke, off and nose freaked? David Burke rips Nathan Brown's head yeah, off. I do remember that. I remember that game really well in the stands. It was, because, a, it was fierce yes. atmosphere. And I remember it's the only time I've genuinely felt something approximating hatred for the supporters on the other team over there. There was something about the way they were going at nights. Right. <laughs> the, going at Libba for... I, I get that. Yep, that's part of the theatre of it. nights do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's the only time I've cheered really loudly at someone in my entire... Because I'm not that kind of supporter at all. But I obviously just got provoked to the, <laughs> that point. I didn't swear or anything. I wouldn't... Uh, that's... I was going to say, like, you were provoked yeah. and I cheered very loudly at someone. In like, his general direction. <laughs> we should have definitely had this in the boxing ring. <laughs> what a pugilist. We often cheered at someone quite loudly. <laughs> yeah, that's right. If that's not to your taste, well, if you can't well, stand the heat, so get out of the box. Exactly, ring. yeah. But anyway, that, that Bulldogs game I really remember because, and I'm, I can still see the guy's face. I must have been near the Bulldogs cheer squad or something, which is never a great place to be if you don't want to be antagonised. Especially I guess. if you've ripped Woofer's head off. Yeah, well, imagine if they knew. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's only one way to kind of finish this, and that's. Mm dress up in your tiger suit. <laughs> I've got the wolfer suit over there. The boxing ring the boxing is actually ring. in the next room. Great. And it's a it. fight to the death. I like it. So, um, good luck. <laughs> Thanks, know. mate. The under-11s for ACYC, that was my junior football club, I won... <laughs> I won Best Sentiment. Best Sentiment? Best Sentiment. And then... I, someone pointed out that I didn't seem overly thrilled with this award. <laughs> and I did realise at the time that I played in the centre the whole year. Everyone was saying, congratulations. You know, well, who else is going to win this? This has been a Fox Sports production.